check one, two. Welcome to the Holiday Special Living With Ma podcast. Coming to you live from a North Carolina mountain town closet. There are two stuffed animals looking at me. They're kind of like my fan club, actually. They're not making eye contact with me, though. That's better, though. That way. Anyways, it is 2.15 a.m. on Christmas morning, 2019. That's what happens when you fall asleep at 3 p.m. But you don't care. Let's just get on with the show. You just want your current events. Current events. The breakdown of our show is This Week in History, followed by Birthdays, then Deaths and Bad News section, uh, then the Current Events section, followed by Specials, there are no specials this week, sorry. I was going to do predictions, I don't even want to get into it. Then finally, wrapping up the show with what we're watching and doing, then announcements and shoutouts. Y'all know the drill. And I'm sorry if it's just, like, not the best show ever. It was, like, this or laying in bed looking at the ceiling. But I just, like, don't want to edit all day and, like, here we go. I'm going for it. Is that okay? Cool. Okay. This Week in History. December 6, 1969. Four people died at the Rolling Stones concert at the Altamont Speedway in Livermore, California. One of the victims was stabbed by a Hell's Angel. Okay, I saw this documentary years ago. I know I'm a music fan. I'm sorry I should know this. But when I hear Hell's Angel, you know, that's the motorcycle gang. My parents and I were on vacation in the south somewhere when I was little. And we were driving down the highway. And we saw, it must have been 300 guys on bikes. And my dad started screaming. He goes, look, there's the Hell's Angels. There's the Hell Angels. <laughs> like somebody would scream for like Elvis. And my dad was like banker, white bread dude. And he was screaming, there's the Hell's Angels. He was so excited. Yeah. It was like, what? What is Hell's Angels? Anyways, all that happened. Look, did that? I wasn't there. I don't know. That's what they say. I'm just saying this week in history. December 8th, John Lennon, singer-guitarist. Y'all know who he is. He was assassinated in New York City by Mark David Chapman in 1980. Okay, December 14th, 2001, Vanilla Sky movie was released in the U.S. Okay, I covered a whole thing on Vanilla Sky. I'm obsessed. Go back and uh, listen to the recent episode of Sci-Fi Movie Review. Number one favorite movie, Casino by Martin Scorsese. Number two, Interstellar. Number three, Vanilla Sky. December 18th, 1997. Comedian Chris Farley was found dead in his apartment in Chicago of a cocaine and morphine overdose. He was 33. Okay. I remember the day Chris Farley died. I was in love with Chris Farley. Or, like, not in love, but, like, I <laughs> liked his work. I don't know. I just thought he was cute and he made me laugh, and that's all I really need. I was dating this girl at the time, and her mom comes up to me and says, 
I, you know, I have bad news for you. Um, someone you love has died. And I was like, what? And she was like, Chris Farley is dead. And I just, it was like, <laughs> it was like, I ran over to the bed and like put my face in the pillow and cry. You know what I mean? It was just like, what? And I remember after my dad died, I could never cry. Like for some reason, I don't know what it was. And the only way I could cry is if I would drink and watch Tommy Boy. And like, that's how like I got through my dad's death. Anyways, Chris Farley died December 18th, 1997. I was 18. A lot of you out there were probably 18 or something close to it. Oh yes, I love this scene in Tommy Boy. Talk about lame. <laughs> totally. You can change it if you want. I don't care, it's up to you. I can live with it if you can. Suit yourself. Classic. Okay, December 19th, 2001. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. Okay, I don't know anything about Lord of the Rings. All I know is that in this town I live in, everybody loves Lord of the Rings. Everybody loves... I can't I don't even know what it's called. Harry Potter. And everybody plays Dungeons and Dragons. So I threw that in there for them. Okay, here's for all you nerds out here. This movie came out December 20th, 1971. Well, if you want to sing out, sing out. And if you want to be free, be free. Because there's a million things to be. You know that there are. And if you Harold want and Maude. If you don't know what that is, I feel bad for you. You should watch it right now. December 24th, 1990. Actors Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman got married in Colorado. They had met while filming Days of Thunder. They've since divorced. Okay, I was going to read this whole thing from this book I'm reading about Tom Cruise. I just can't. I will. Let's just keep it going. December 30th, Edwin Hubble announces the existence of other galactic systems, 1924. Yes, the Hubble telescope was later named after him. I had here to put in a joke that I heard he was into autoerotic asphyxiation. December 31st, 1961, the Beach Boys played their first gig in Long Beach, the LBC, California. They earned 300 bucks. That's a lot. God. December 31st, 1984, drummer Rick Allen of Def Leppard lost his left arm in a car crash near his home in England. Okay, keep it rolling. Birthdays. Oh, December 2nd, 1981, Brit Brit, aka Britney Spears. She's 38. I am doing this, I'm doing some research for a future conspiracy checkpoint if there's any truth to a theory that Britney Spears was working for George W. Bush's administration and serving as a distraction. Like, every time um, George W. Bush would, like, do something crazy, which was, like, all the time, Britney would go crazy and steal the headlines. And, like, there's this really interesting theory, like, timeline that shows this kind of cool thing. So I'm gonna, like, dig into it, though, and then uh, we'll do a conspiracy checkpoint. It'll be entertaining at least 
Okay, moving on with birthdays. The worst lyricist. Everybody knows it, but who doesn't love him? Ozzy Osbourne. He's 71. December 3rd, 1960. Daryl Hannah, actress. The internet calls her the, quote, lead actress in Splash. <laughs> Daryl Hannah is married to singer Neil Young. How many of y'all didn't even know that? I didn't. I was like, what? Anywho, as my cousin Dina says... December 4th, 1949, Jeff Bridges, actor and, of course, from The Big Lebowski, but my favorite Jeff Bridges movie is Starman. December 6th, 1961, David Lovering, the drummer of the Pixies. Moving on. Oh, yeah. December 8th, 1964, Terry Hatcher. December 8th, 1966, Sinead O'Connor. One of my favorite albums is Sinead O'Connor's I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got. I know every single word to the whole entire thing. And I saw Sinead O'Connor in concert. I mean, that's like walking on the moon. I mean, people don't see Sinead O'Connor. That's like, I don't know. Like, I feel so lucky, you know, to have seen Sinead O'Connor. And I was that girl standing there. I was singing every word to every song at the concert. And like, I did not care. It was just like, I was like, oh my God. And I was like fifth row. I mean, I was right there. I was like, oh my God, Sinead O'Connor. I cannot believe this. She's 53. Sinead, love you forever. Oh, December 18th, 1964, Brad Pitt. December 18th, 1978, Katie Holmes. December 20th, 1966, Kiefer Sutherland. I mean, there's so much I want to say about all these people. Maybe next year. Okay, let's move on to the death and bad news section. There was a couple things I wanted to mention, but I'm going to put those on pause for right now because they're just kind of complex. Okay, moving on to the current events section. Many of you may know this. I don't know. It's something I kind of just found out, and I feel like there's a lot of you out there. So this new definition for a generation, Zennial, this is from Wikipedia. Zennials, also known as the Oregon Trail Generation and Generation Catalano, are the micro-generation of people on the cusp of Generation X and Millennial demographic cohorts. Typically born in the late 70s to early 80s, Zennials are described as having had an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. Yeah. Okay. So I just wanted to read that. I thought that was kind of interesting. Mom texted me last night that Bradley Cooper and his girlfriend broke up. I'm interested, but not right now. Oh yeah, this was pretty cool, actually. This should have been in the This Week in History, but who gives a crap? December 1967, The Summer of Love, The Look of Love, the fifth album by singer Dusty Springfield was released in the U.S. Okay, the reason why I'm bringing up Dusty Springfield is I just found out something really interesting about her that I didn't even know, and it saddens me that people don't know this. This is from Vice.com. Dusty Springfield is queer history's forgotten icon. The legendary British singer who fell in love with American R&B was also a queer icon, an aspect of her identity that is often overlooked. Born Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien, damn, that's some Irish shit right there, to Irish immigrants, 1939, Springfield, damn, I'm, I'm, if I ever have a kid, I'm naming them that, Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien, bitch. Uh, she was a plain, was a plain tomboyish child who earned the name Dusty. That's cute. Playing football with the boys and this and that. 
Growing up, her mother was an alcoholic with a tendency to throw food. God. While her abusive father repeatedly told Dusty that she was stupid and ugly. God. At her Catholic all-girls school, the nuns predicted that the shy girl was destined to become a librarian. Damn, Dusty sounds like hot. Okay. At a young age, her and her brother began singing and making tape recordings in their parents' garage. By 16, she was determined to establish a new direction, swapping her glasses and auburn hair for high heels and vampish makeup. She started performing at local clubs with her brother. And in 1958, after answering an advert in the stage, she joined an all-girls singing trio, the Lana Sisters. Then some other stuff happened... I think what's going to happen is I'm going to have to get a book about Dusty Springfield. Though Dusty's sexuality was an open secret to the gay community, the fact that Springfield was a lesbian is not common knowledge today. Thanks in part to the legacy of homophobia that left prominent queer figures in constant fear of being outed. God, I remember that crap growing up in Florida in the 90s. Jesus. Modern biographies seem only to bring her sexuality to the forefront when dealing the tragic self-destruction that defined her lost years in Los Angeles. I get that. Where she moved to escape public scrutiny. There she formed many long-term relationships with women, most notably American actress Teta Brachy, who she unofficially wed in 1983. Uh, That's sad. She kind of went into obscurity and was just like chilling with the pet shop boys. God. Okay, so we're at the end of the show. What we're watching and doing. Boy, I've just been consuming, consuming, consuming art of all forms. I I can't even get into it all. But my favorite things I've been watching and doing... On repeat, I've had the album uh, Manipulator by Ty Siegel. On repeat, for reals. I've been watching my favorite movie, Casino. Sometimes I just have it on mute while I'm doing other things. It's just so striking. Oh yeah, this is kind of interesting. I tried to watch The Irishman, the Scorsese thing on Netflix that had like the age computer thing that like made Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro like look young. And okay, I got, okay, The Irishman, it's like four hours long or longer. I don't know. It's very, very long. It's longer than Titanic. So yeah, so The Irishman, it's like, it's Scorsese, it's, you know, the music hits right, the scenes hit right, the, you're a fly on the wall, it's like, cool, you know, it's everything that you love. But like, during the whole thing, I'm just like looking at their faces being like, can I tell it's computer? It's like I was obsessed with the technology, and I was like, Cheryl, like, just, just, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter about the technology. No matter what was happening in the scene, I was analyzing their faces, and like, I couldn't (laughs) move past it. But the story, I don't know. It's, I get Scorsese, I'm not stupid. I understand what's happening in it. I just, it didn't grab me. It just didn't grab me. And that's okay, you know? (laughs) You know, maybe I'll give it another shot. I don't know. I didn't like The Irishman. Oh yeah, Beck's new album, Hyperspace. Ugh, I don't want to say it, but Hyperspace, it's a good album. It's where he's at. Uh, Synthy, dreamy, like it. There's four songs that I really like. You know, it's, it's a good album. It took me like three listens to understand what he was doing. and But yeah, give it a listen. I mean, 
gosh. I'm just happy for him that this divorce is behind him or whatever the hell. I don't even know. I'm just happy for him that he's still putting out albums. This is pretty interesting. Beck says he's not a Scientologist anymore. Wait, here's his quote though. Quote, I think there's a misconception that I am a Scientologist. He says in a new profile in the Sydney Morning Herald. Quote, I'm not a Scientologist. I don't have any connection or affiliation with it. My father had been a Scientologist for a long time, but I've pretty much just focused on my music and my work for most of my life and lended to do my own thing. I think it's just something people ran with. Okay, look, I don't know Beck, and I don't give a crap if he's a Scientologist or not. I don't care. I mean, did, wasn't he a Scientologist, or am I just the Berenstain Bears Mandela effect thing? I mean, I don't know. I thought Beck was a Scientologist. Now he's saying he really wasn't. I don't know. Look, I don't care. I'm just, it's a show, and it's something that I found interesting. Oh, yeah, another album, Strictly Reserved by Charles Bradley. The old um, James Brown impersonator used to be homeless, sleep on the buses at night, the trains. Quite a life, Mr. Charles Bradley. He's now since passed. Really good album. Oh, yeah. So we're almost done. I've been watching uh, Servant, the M. Night Shyamalan thing on Apple TV. That's all I'll say about it. I was gonna go into this whole thing, but M. Night's coming out with two new things. I've been watching The Connors and I love it. In the last episode, there was a beer koozie with um, the picture on it of the kid. It's hilarious. I want that. Okay, announcements. Go to monoono.com for all old episodes. M-O-N-O-O-N-N-O.com. There's some doozies in there, really. I mean, we used to do crazy stuff in LA. I'm trying to get that kickstarted now. Just gotta get through the holidays. Uh, another announcement, not gonna do Patreon. What we're gonna do is just fan club. You're either in the fan club or you're not. There's no tears, there's no crap. There's no crap that I have to go through on the computer. There's no bull crap that you guys have to read in the things on the internet. Look, you're either in the fan club or you're not. And it's at monoono.com and I'll mail you a button and a sticker and all this crap and yeah, it'll be great. If you like the podcast and if you want to get access to the very cool stuff coming up in 2020, join the fan club. Shout outs, shout outs to everybody. Everybody in my life. Everybody who has ever been in my life. And I'm glad 2019 is over. Closing thought. Is Mean Girls a Christmas movie?